Welcome to the podcast where I invite you on a journey to explore meaning, vulnerability and purpose through the lens of a life lived in geekdom. I'm David Monteith and I am the Naked Geek. Welcome back to my boudoir. And today, um, I thought I would invite a friend into the boudoir to tell you his recommendation for a tipple. So he's going to talk about a beer which comes from Phones Brewery, which is up north in England. And let me tell you, you have to visit the website, phonesbrewery.co.uk. They say they brew ale the dwarven way. And it's like every single beer has got its own story attached to it. Uh, I'm not going to go on much more. You just have to check it out. And the art... It's fantastic. It's very reminiscent of the art of um, Hellboy or BPRD or any of that ilk. Uh, if you know what I mean, you know what I mean. Now, Stephen is a very good friend of mine, known him for a while, appreciate the same kind of beers, and he is an author. So I'm going to put the link to his website in the show notes. But uh, this year, one of my favourite reads of this year was a fantasy book he wrote, which was slightly, it just came at the hero from a slightly different direction to most. And it was a really refreshing read, but it was just a good read despite that. And it's called The Coward. And that should kind of tell you everything you need to know about you. You know, it's not your classic uh, fantasy hero. It was such a good read. I actually read it when I was in hospital and it was a really good thing to have with me at that time. Um, but anyway, here's Stephen. <laughs> Hello, my name is Stephen Ariane, and today I'm doing a review of a favourite beer of mine. This is King Corvac's Saga, a 5.4 traditional porter from Phones Brewery in the West Midlands. This is an award-winning beer. It won Camera's Champion Beer of Britain Porter Competition gold medals in the years 2015, 2017, and 2019. This is one of their signature beers, and it's something that I'm always happy to drink because it tastes good every single time. There are some beers that are light and hoppy and refreshing that you can have on a nice warm day. There are some that are quite really meaty and very, very strong that go well with red meat or a roast dinner. This is something that you can have with pretty much anything. It's quite comfortable, it's not too heavy, it's really tasty, and I'm old enough to remember that old food and drink show where the woman would drink the bottle of wine and go on about getting sense of, ooh, ooh, cinnamon, mm, mm, I can smell this. It's different with beer. You don't get the flavours to that degree, but you do get some that come through depending upon how it's made. And that's very much to do with the hops and the malt and how it's made. The water, of course, also makes a difference depending upon what part of the country or the world it's made in. So King Corvac's Saga is quite smooth, it's rich, there's a chocolatey kind of flavour, and a bit of coffee as well that comes through, and this is due to the hops and the malt, as I've mentioned. There's a very slightly bitter aftertaste, but it doesn't really build like with some beers, so it never becomes something that just tastes sour after you've had a pint or even two. I know for a fact that Dave and I have sat quite comfortably and drank a few of these in companionable silence, and we've really enjoyed them. So if you're interested in King Colvac Saga or any of the other beers, they've got a website, they deliver in the UK, so go and check them out. It's Phones Brewery. To 
today I am literally struggling to contain my excitement. I'm on a real retro trip at the moment and I've got some money for my birthday that has funded a foray into the sci-fi of yesteryear. And as I write, I literally just got the knock on the door. The delivery person handed me a box and it contained two DVD box sets. One is the entire run of Sapphire and Steel, which I'll talk about another date. And the other is the complete run of Blake 7. And that's what I'm talking about today, Blake 7. So Blake 7 debuted on the BBC in 1978, ran for four seasons, 52 episodes, and was created by Terry Nation, who also created the Daleks. It's, it's so hard to explain why I'm so hyped talking about this series, but I'm going to try. So what was it about? Blake Seven's narrative contains the exploits of political dissident Rog Blake, who leads a small group of rebels against the forces of the totalitarian Terran Federation that rules the Earth and many colonised planets. The Federation uses mass surveillance, brainwashing and drug pacification to control its citizens. To begin with, this was mainstream TV in the 70s. I'd never seen such dystopian sci-fi on the telly box before, so it was already breaking ground and expectations just in its concept, which was originally described by Terry Nation as the Dirty Dozen in space. Anyway, Blake is on a prison ship, plans a rebellion and escapes with some others. They eventually find a mysterious abandoned spaceship and more that is more advanced than any ship in the galaxy. It's called the Liberator and it's run by an AI called Zen who becomes a bona fide member of the Seven. Now, the second thing that strikes me was that several of the main characters didn't survive the first two episodes. I mean, this was unheard of. This was edge of the seat stuff because nothing was assured, you know? Um, the next thing that was groundbreaking was the crew. So you had, uh, apart from Blake and Zen, you had Avon, who was an electronics and computer expert and basically a white collar thief. You had Villa, who was a coward, a lockpick, a conjurer and a thief. You had Jenna, who was a smuggler. You had Callie, who was a telepath and a guerrilla fighter. And you had Gan, who was a, a murderer. But not all of these people made it through... Blake Seven, you know, there's four seasons, not all of them made it to the end and they were replaced by similar people. But the point is, none of these are good people. Or if they are, they had done questionable things. And even the idealist of the group, Blake, doesn't seem to turn his nose up at the idea of people dying for the cause. And then there's the evil leader of the Federation, Servalan, evil and seductive. But you've never seen an evil, seductive leader like this before. Short haircut, androgynous looks. She was perfect and just unique um, in terms of villains at that time. For a young teen, not used to this kind of protagonists and this kind of storytelling, it was as uncomfortable to watch as it was entertaining. The concept of the anti-hero, the idea that bad people can achieve good things, that not all knights wore shining armour. I mean, every episode was food for thought just by its very existence. Having said that, there was a huge heroic element to the show. It was the epitome of the David versus Goliath trope. Uh, realistically, they never stood a chance. But they kept going, even when the original team were killed or disappeared, new heroes took their place and continued the fight. But the thing it left me with was a dose of reality. Some would say nihilism. It showed how hard it can be to achieve anything worthwhile. That progress is impossible without pain and loss and struggle. And I look around me at what's happening 
and what needs to happen in the world today, and it seems to me to be true. You spend a little time studying movements that actually change the world for the better, and you'll be hard-pushed to find one that wasn't achieved at a cost. This may seem depressing, but one of the things I took away from Blake 7, and which has borne itself out time and time again, is that I have no reason to be surprised when I'm abused for standing up for something right. Since my very vocal stance when the whole BLM thing kicked off, certain relationships have become strained. And I'm not surprised, saddened, yes, but why would I be surprised? I'm no one special that I should expect a free pass when I stick my head above the parapet. It's not how it works. But Blake 7, against insurmountable odds, despite everything that was thrown at them, they just kept going. There was such a lesson in resilience there. And I think it's to do with being sure of your cause. But not just that, being sure of your reasons for being in the cause, sure of those you are in the cause with you. Blake's motivation was clear. He was an idealist. He wanted a better future for the galaxy. Avon, who was an incredibly cold and self-serving character, found his purpose through his relationship with Blake. Blake, just by being Blake, revealed the best of Avon to Avon. Avon frequently threatened to leave, but you could see his surprise as he developed a moral core inspired by his friendship, by Blake's example, by slowly coming to understand what stood at the heart of Blake's vision. And as I listen to myself speak, I'm slowly coming to understand something else. Blake 7 wasn't just a lesson in what to expect when you go up against authority or opposition to oppression or whatever your cause is. It's a blueprint for inspiring relationships. Blake helped Avon discover himself. And I have to ask myself, do I make Siobhan, my wife, more Siobhan? Does she make me more David? Do my interactions with friends leave them better or worse than when I encountered them? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I think that's some amazing after-school viewing right there. So our time to a boudoir is coming to a close once again. And I just want to ask you, let me know what you thought of Blake 7. Um, what influence did that have on you back then? Or if you're watching it for the first time, how is it resonating with you now? And I have one favour to ask you. And that is, if you feel that you can donate anything, then please go to my Ko-fi page and they could geek one. You can find the links in the show notes. I'm really trying to build up some uh, funding so that I can pay someone to do the transcription I can't do to make this show more accessible for those who are hard of hearing. So if you feel you can contribute that would be most welcome. But until next time, I am David Monteith, the Naked Geek. Mm-hmm.